Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. And I'm Rob Cabosco, and I'm green with envy that we get to do this. <laughs> so, uh, we're here to talk about Minute 3 of Incredible Hulk. Uh, and once again, we it is packed full of content. An entire movie is being told to us in the course of three minutes. But also incredible referencing. Yes. They really did a great job with this. And this is in the infancy again of the MCU. Yeah. So awesome stuff there. And again, just picks up. It's almost like it's almost like this the sequel to the first 120 seconds. Yes, this is true. almost like the next true. movie, and yeah, like in, right. in a trilogy of Hulk yeah. Movies. They, so that was Act One. Now right. we're into Act Two. Exactly. Uh, and so yeah, this is when when the stakes get raised. Uh, so we are firmly in the hands of Kyle Cooper, as I mentioned in the previous one. Kyle Cooper is the one who did the title sequence for this. Uh, he actually got a chance to go out and shoot a bunch of second unit stuff to put in, and most of the, what we're going to see in this is from that shoot. Uh, the all the soldiers moving through all that stuff was was things that he got to shoot. Uh, also the the big board as, as they're going they're showing we'll be seeing little clips of um, cards and, and strings and notes and all that stuff. That was a real board. They actually created that entire board. And it's one board. They created a big thing and then just took the camera really close and shot different pieces of it. Oh, that's so great. they they cut all that foot all those printed out all those fake news articles. You know, wrote them all up, tied them all together so that you know nerds like us when we went through and freeze framed it. <laughs> would actually have something to look at. In a different life, that may be one of the coolest jobs, I think, is to be a graphic designer on a movie, like a project like this. Yeah. Where your job is, I want you to create General Ross's war room wall. Right. And you go... I can do that. Yeah, yeah, and have it <laughs> and consistent have a, in the world. You have a blast. And, That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah to, design, to design all the different logos and fonts, and yeah. Uh, so, first thing we see coming through is uh, that Explosion rocks a university. That university is Culver University. Why is it called Culver University? It's because the Culver Institute is where David Banner worked in the series. So we're still very much in oh. the homages to the television series. Oh, cool. So we we now get to see the Hulk is moving into the realm of lore. So we're seeing uh, the mentions of a green Sasquatch and sightings all over the place. So it's becoming, he's uh, he's a, an urban myth at this point. Looking into the future, in the further ones, all the footage we see of the Hulk when they do archival footage is from this movie. So I think this movie is supposed to be the first time that the Hulk is ever captured on camera. So this missing movie we, oh. we, we have, this this one we're, we're in the middle of now that never really happened, there's no footage of the Hulk except for, you know, weird, grainy, but like not, you don't get proper camera stuff until the events of The Incredible Hulk. And amusingly, because maybe one of the few things that I will say dates this movie, mm, okay. in that if you were to watch it today, you'd say to yeah. yourself, well, how, how, wait, what yeah. do you mean? You have Everybody in the world's like, got a how camera. How come there's no yeah. footage of the Hulk, right? <laughs> right. Well, and, and uh, again, that's, I think, Black Panther. Like, yeah. There's the scene where everyone's got their cameras out. Like, yeah. Yeah, they don't. Ha- there's that doesn't really exist. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah, so, there's, yeah. yeah. This this what is this privacy you speak of? I don't right. know this concept. Um, a let's see. A, a book flashes by really quickly. That's the inventory of rare and endangered tracheophyta. I came as close as I could. Of Amazonia by Amanda Kirkhoff. That will be important later on. Mm. <laughs> so put plant that thing now, and we'll talk about it when it becomes. Uh, uh, important later on. Uh, first name that pops up we see is Kirk Petricelli. Uh, he is the production designer. Uh, he is an old hand at this by this point. He had done the production design for Blade, 
Mystery Men, The Patriot. So it's not just comic book stuff. I know. Mystery Men. What an awesome movie to work on. But think think about the production design of this movie versus The Patriot versus Mystery Men versus Ghost Rider. Oh, that's a fun Versus Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer. Like uh, okay, Kirk is good at his job. Oh, great, nice. <laughs> yeah, this was a, a good, a good uh, one for them to land on. Um, uh, as we're seeing su- stuff flashing through, we see our first MCU connection, and it's Stark. Stark Industries are the ones who supply a weapon that is on, mounted on top of some Hummers, which we will see later on go in there. Hummers uh, are manufactured in South Bend, Indiana, where, oh. one of my old stomping grounds. Oh. The um, okay, so what I love already, attention to detail is. I love that that Stark logo mm-hmm. is now a thing. Yeah. Like that's it, and it never and I don't even never changes. Even no. it's not even that great of a logo, but yeah. that's okay, right? <laughs> like it's 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 classic. It's immediately identifiable. I love yeah. when they bring up the blueprint. I love this type of also foreshadowing. Not yeah. only not only True. getting you into Stark, yep. but here's some here's here is a a a plot device that is going to be a very important plot device later on in the movie. Right here it is, and I love the fact that the Sonic Cannon has come back later on in later movies. Yeah. In, in all different kinds of ways, which, you know, someday we'll, that we'll get to in a, in a future season. But, yep. you know, if, Civil War, I yep. think Iron Man 3, like, yeah. that I think is so great that you have that connection to to already to the, the Iron Man. Yeah. And you see kind of that they are building yeah. a universe and, and it is interconnected. Iron Man had come out a month previously. Yeah. So awesome. it was probably, like we mentioned before, still in theaters at this point. Uh, so the, the two of them are, are very much overlapping. And so that means they had to be that closely coordinated during production. Well, that's and that's so great because, again, for somebody who watches stuff like this, and I think a lot of people who are fans of this do, the fact that it's the exact same logo. Yes. Is awesome. Yeah. You immediately because it could they could not have worked that close together, right? And they no. could have just designed their yeah. own Stark logo, and right. you would have said, "Oh, Stark," but oh, it's not the same logo, right? Yeah, it was. It was Marvel Studios. Was I mean, obviously, this was their second project out of the gate. They were working with Paramount over on the Iron Man stuff, and working with Universal on this one. So it, it was some strange bedfellows there because studios are not traditionally known for working well together, even though they're they're kind of just distributing it. But still, when they're putting up that much cash. Yeah, they're they're heavily invested. But really, kudos to everyone who was a part of making that happen. Yes. Because everything today is because of those early decisions. Yeah. Yes, because Great. of the work these guys put into doing this exact kind of thing, we have what we have with Avengers Endgame, essentially. You exactly. would not have that without the this. So this is like the genesis of it all is right in these moments. In this minute. Exactly. Literally in minute yes. three. Uh, okay, so the next name that pops up uh, is Peter Menzies. Junior, sorry, Peter Menzies Jr. Uh, he is the uh, director of photography. Uh, he worked on uh, my my favorite of the Die Hard sequels, Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, and Thirteenth Warrior. Uh, also, the, both of those very die well shot. Die, die Hard with that, Vengeance. That's not, not Die Hard Two. Die Harder. No, not Die Hard Two. Die Harder. With the airport? No, with the airport. No. The better, the best sequel to Die Hard is Die Hard with a Vengeance in New York with Samuel L. Jackson and Jeremy Irons running around we'll, in the hit, in the heat of the city. We'll have to record another episode of the <laughs> podcast. Deep dive into Die Hard. Never mind. Anyway, oh, well, that's I would never do that with you because that means I would have to watch the, the last Die Hard movie again, and I will oh, never, no, that's a di- never do that again. Die Hardest. We all uh, <laughs> yes, I will not Die Hardest with you on that one. Okay. Um, so uh, he also uh, was the director of photography on Lara Croft, the both Lara Croft movies, oh. uh, where he actually crossed paths with Kirk Petrocelli, who was the production designer on both of the Lara Croft movies. Fantastic, right? Oh. Uh, so uh, his name comes up. Um, 
Peter Menzies Jr., ACS. What does ACS stand for you? Well, I'm going to tell you. It stands for the Australian Cinematographer Society because he is an Australian. So he's not an American cinematographer or something. He's from the Australian Cinematographer Society. Very, very nice. Right. Uh, okay, so the uh, much more names are, are coming by as we're seeing. Um, uh, I like. Well, I'm not going to get into all of the... The chase is on. Yeah, the chase is the on. Chase yeah, is like, on. I'm not going to get into every single uh, news clipping and that kind of stuff. I, uh, I think we're getting the basically gist that, that Ross is hunting. It's a lot of Ross staring at boards, and then information will pop by, and soldiers will go through. The next name that comes up uh, in the titles is David Maisel. Uh, David Maisel is actually an unsung hero of the MCU because he was the money guy. So as much as Kevin Feige is the idea guy, David Mays is the one who was behind the scenes, like putting those, the uh, writing those checks, getting those you know, that money together, you know, getting that nest egg for the MC for the Marvel Studios, so it could do its own thing. I- ideas without money remain ideas. That's right. <laughs> and uh, David Mazel's name will disappear from these movies because when the when they get sold to Disney, he got his nice fat paycheck that he well and truly earned and got the heck out of there. And he's doing something. And so we owe a lot so, to, yeah. uh, to him, too. So I hope he's enjoying his yacht. Way to go. Hope all <laughs> that that well. Disney money bought him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the next name that comes up we see is uh, Jim Van Wick. Uh, he was a producer uh, on a bunch of Richard Donner movies. So he did Conspiracy Theory, Lethal Weapon, Maverick, uh, all those things. He also was a producer on Armageddon, Free Willy, Dick Tracy. Like wow, through the, I mean, like a, that's a powerhouse yeah. thing. And, that, and uh, he did this movie and retired. Yeah, so like what? I, either either it was so traumatic, or he was just like, yeah, I think that's pretty much good. Like I'm you call know, it a day. after I've done Dick Tracy and the Hulk, I don't think there's any place else to go. Oh, Dick Tracy! So he is he's currently uh, retired, living in California with his family. So oh, we uh, wish Jim Wick, Van Wick nothing but the best. Well done. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then we have our second MCU connection because another name pops up, a significant name, and that name is Nick Fury. It's half a second that you see it, and we comic book nerds go, oh, and everyone who saw Iron Man and stayed to the end of the credits goes, oh. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> put the two things together. That was, that was great. Very cool. Um, uh, next major name we see come up is Avi Arad. Avi Arad is uh, still a very, very powerful person, so I will not say any negative things against him. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, he, he, we could fill an hour just talking about this man and his accomplishments and all the stuff he had done, but basically he shepherded Marvel through the 90s, which was a very, very rough waters for them but any of the animated series that you love Avi was behind them like he did almost all the 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 best stuff that came out of the 90s his name was attached to it and then when sort of the the stuff split he followed spider-man so he is still connected and he has been involved in all the spider-man stuff from the the uh 2001 spider-man movie all the way through you know, Spider-Verse, uh, everything, all the new stuff that's supposed to be coming out, Morbius, all the stuff, like Avi Arad is involved in all the spider really? stuff. So, yeah, oh. so he is he is the spider at the end of that spider web. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then, well, of course, the name that we all know, and especially you and I know because we've talked about him for, you know, 100 episodes or so, Kevin Feige. So Kevin Feige's name pops up here as, uh, as one of the producers. And, of course, the late, the great, Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, now we move on to another uh, connection here. We get to known associates. So the list of the name is Betty Ross, who we've seen already injured and, and waking up a thing. Samuel Stern, who we will see later on in the movie, and Rick Jones. Now Rick Jones is a really, really deep Marvel cut, and I'm I'm actually shocked that we've had so many movies and he still hasn't shown up yet. I only can think that there's some kind of rights thing. So Rick Jones was the guy that Bruce Banner saved from the explosion in the original Incredible Hulk number one. 
Oh wow! Yes, so Rick Jones was a like he was a hot rodder essentially, like with his with his dune buggy jalopy, whatever, like going through the desert, crossed into they were there testing the gamma bomb, and was going and and crashed, and then the bomb was about to go off. So Bruce Banner runs out from the thing and knocks him into the. Uh, oh, the, shelter, the, the shelter, and then gets blasted with the gamma bomb, and that's what turns him into the Hulk. So in the it comics. was in the, com- the comic, in the comic books, yeah, yeah, origin. and 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 most of the animated series and stuff too. So, so Rick Jones is sort of the reason, and so from that he's become the sidekick essentially to uh. the Hulk through all the way through. And he's also had his own adventures. He's been an Avenger. He's gotten powers. He's been Captain Marvel. He's been. I mean, he's the Agent Coulson of the of the Marvel comic universe. Oh wow! He's because okay. he, he's he knows everybody and he's everywhere and everybody likes him. So I guess Coulson kind of does serve that function, so maybe that's why he hasn't shown up. But his name in here is, is a nice fan homage. And, and those of us who are big Rick Jones fans were hoping, we can see him? But no, still no. In none of the, in none of the incarnations, I mean, animated, yes, but in no live incarnation, there's never been a live Rick Jones. And if I'm wrong about that, please uh, contact us let and let us, us know, know, because I would like to know that. Well, no, because then, what? It, I mean, you put it in there, again, yeah. a little, you know, fan service, I would right. think in that. But... What happened to yeah. the plan? Maybe, I don't know. See, maybe that's a character. I know we, we've talked about this before about the the difference between the standalone Hulk films and then obviously him, the way the MCU has really decided to use him. Right. Maybe that's a character that if you if you could do mm-hmm. a standalone Hulk Hulk film, that's the story you tell. Then yeah, huh? Interesting. Yeah, the guy next to the Hulk. Yeah, I mean that's like have a, He's really the everyman because he's just a regular guy. Like he's not a brilliant like Falcon, scientist. Like Falcon and Captain America. Yeah, like bit. well, Falcon yeah. is a trained soldier. Rick is not. I mean, like oh, he's. I mean, he's even more. He's okay. just. I mean, he really is a regular guy. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. Uh, I mean, he's. I mean, obviously, as in the comic book thing, he's you know gotten super intelligence and like oh, you know right, he's gotten right, powers. Right. I believe currently, I believe he is a he is a gamma radiated person known as a bomb. He's blue. He's a big blue hulking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not sure if his powers have been taken away because at one point they were. So uh, that was his version of the abomination. He's a bomb, oh. right? So, like, so I'm not sure. But so, but that's that's, that's a great r- nickname if you're if you if your name is an abomination, right? A bomb, right? He's oh, a bomb, right? Because he's cool. And they, and uh, when he transforms instead of getting angry, he gets really mellow. So it, 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 like there's there's a whole there's a whole lore that goes along with it, it, about what what you turn into when you do that. So it, but but like the rule goes like just like I talked about on our Ang Lee episode, if you hang around the Hulk long enough, eventually you're going to get gamma powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things. So uh, yeah, so he does not show up in the movie, but it was nice that they put a little shout out to him here in the credits. And uh, so and the person I I would say probably responsible for that is the next name on our list, and that's Zach Penn. Zach Penn is the screenwriter for this. Now his credit is. Screen story by and screenplay by, and so I had I'm a I'm a writer, so I had to like look up the WGA rules and why that's the case. And what it means is screen story by is if the stuff is based on pre-existing material and you're adapting it, that's the screen story by. And then he also wrote the screenplay for this, so then he gets screenplay credit. So he's got two separate credits; they just put it into one thing. Hmm. So because he didn't invent. Most of these characters, he's using them from pre-existing stuff. That's where the screen story by comes. I guess that's kind of archaic now. They just usually now give a separate credit to based on previously existing material or something and then just say screenplay. But at this time, they wanted to definitely have a thing saying, like, he did not invent these characters, even though there's some that he did. Um, he did not invent Ross and Hulk and, and uh, Samuel Stern. He's and done some sort of really uh, he is, great he, stuff. He is one of my favorite screenwriters just because his – career is is nuts like the amount of stuff he's been he's uh, doing and i'm not saying not 
He's, uh, there's always a bit of luck, but like the fact that he keeps getting rehired shows that he has some serious talent. His first screenplay produced was The Last Action Hero. I love it. I love I, The Last Action Hero. Oh. When I was when I was a kid, that 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 was one of my favorite movies. Oh it's, my god, that's that awesome. an amazing movie. Uh, so from that, he did um, Inspector Gadget. He did X Two X Men United, which I would say probably if we're gonna have a throwdown about that, probably the best X Men movie. Yeah. Uh, so he sure. wrote that. He did uh, the. the Stuff for the fantastic, bunch of the video games. He did uh, Electra. What are you going to do? He did the original story for the Avengers uh, that Joss then reappropriated. So he, like gotcha. th- some elements of it remained, and, and and Joss and the two of them have been very cordial about. It, so it's not even one of those like, how dare you change my stuff? But there are elements uh, of that that still live on in the Avengers thing. And then most recently, he did Ready Player One. He did the adaptation of that, working with Steven Spielberg. So well, and you know what his what his next project is. His next project? No, I don't know what his next project is. Uh, oh, his next project is Free Guy uh, with Ryan Reynolds, which is coming out. Uh, and I was going to go the, beyond the summer, that. The summer I, I was going to go beyond that. He's working on the Suicide Squad. Oh, he is. Yes. Okay. So the, I mean, he's got some. Uh, he's. I think he's. We doing talk that. about. We talk about the Suicide Squad a lot on yes. the Road to Infinity. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of buildup for that movie. Yeah, right? I know, right? Um, no, hit. What a great. Yeah. What a great litany of work here! Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's so he's so he's got legit geek cred. Sure. Uh, so like I think we're we're in good hands in in, in terms of that. Uh, and then finally we get to the name that we all been waiting for, Louis Leterrier. Uh, he is the director. He had directed The Transporter uh, and Unleashed at this point. Uh, he would go on to contemporarily do uh, Now You See Me, which I I love that movie, mm-hmm. uh, and also oddly interestingly. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. He directed every episode of that for Netflix. Oh. So he has a lot of different interests that he went to. I think he's a great action director. Uh, he's, he's from the Luc Besson school, so he like comes from that sort of stable of directors. Um, so he's, uh, and, and, and obviously still working today. So uh, that's, I, I don't know that, I, I, there's, there's certain directors you think of like kind of get into movie jail after certain things that don't do successful. And, uh, Incredible Hulk was successful, but not like hugely successful. So uh, I don't know if uh, if it hurt or helped. But uh, I think it's it's not. I I was just listening to an interview with him, uh, uh, doing my research, uh, and he's not ashamed of the movie at all, or like he like he's very proud of what he had to do. Even though there was uh, a lot of sort of behind the scenes drama that yeah, uh, we'll exactly. probably talk about as we go yeah. along. Uh, so then uh, we end this uh, minute on uh, the metronome. The metronome used to. Uh, Used by a Bruce Banner to keep time during his meditation. Uh, so that's uh, that's it. Basically, gets us through th- that minute. And wow, a lot has happened in that last minute, right? That Again, was one what a great minute. second movie. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Great. So we, we have now we've now caught up sort of to real time. So right. the the we know that he is uh, that Bruce is isolated from everyone. That Ross is hunting him. Uh, that he has dropped off the grid. Uh, he has not been able to. Con- he's not been in contact with Betty at all. We see the failed contact come up in this one. Uh, he is totally isolated and in some place else. We don't exactly know where it is. And we now we know he is bearded, mm-hmm. uh, that probably to help his disguise, uh, and that he as uh, and so that's that's pretty much as far as this minute goes. We what a great him. device to using the metronome, yeah. sort of as like the okay, we've, we've time and slowing it down. Yes, like coming down now to real real time. Really nice, nicely done. Yeah. Because in three minutes, we have raced through uh, an entire movie that didn't exist, and now we've caught up to the current movie. So now, Incredible Hulk, the movie, really begins. Awesome. And we will talk about that on 
our next episode when we talk about Minute 4. We hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you are interested in supporting us uh, to continue to make great podcasts like this one and like all the other stuff that Next Reel does, you can become a supporter of us on Patreon. Uh, you can get access to shows early. You can watch live streams. You can see our pretty faces. I mean, what? what who wouldn't want to do that? There are, small market and thing? there are treasures yet to be announced that's true so yeah we absolutely got some, want to do that. we've got some fun hulk related stuff coming up for you just uh just for for our hulk fans uh so you can find us that go to the slash patreon and see about becoming a monthly patreon supporters we would appreciate that because we love doing this and we hope you love it as well so thank you all for listening uh we will be back to talk about minute four of the incredible hulk uh until then i hope you had a smashing good time see you next time true believers bye